This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net Hello, all my beautiful people. So it's time for another music episode. I haven't had one of these in a little while. It's been a few months. So I'm really excited to have on Frank Fletcher with me today. And for the people who listen in my Northwest Arkansas area, no, it is not the car dealership guy. This is Frank Fletcher, the musician. He is a country music singer from South Alabama. And I'm really excited to have him on today to talk about all kinds of great things. We talk about musical tastes, influences, all this good stuff. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you listen after the interview, you'll get to hear one of his songs. So for those of you who are here just to listen to the Frank Fletcher episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear. And I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you're as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had to punch me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so... <laughs> Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers really? certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an independent, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro. You get punched in the face on the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? <laughs> what? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So today I have a real treat for you guys. This is a country music singer uh, out of the South Alabama area. He also writes his own music. He's open for uh, Confederate Railroad, Tyler Farr, and Daryl Worley. And the guy I'm talking about is Frank Fletcher. Uh, man, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to have you on here to kind of talk about your music and everything that you've got going on. Yes, sir. So it's it's actually really funny uh, in the area where I'm at. Frank Fletcher is a big name, but it's for a different reason. Uh, Frank Fletcher owns a lot of the car dealerships in the northwest Arkansas area. So I laugh every show. Because I have to tell people anything online is Frank Fletcher music. If you don't put in music, you will get car lots. It's Frank Fletcher Dodge Jeep Chrysler Ram. So apparently that's where you're at. That is where I am. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was telling some people that I was going to be talking to you tonight. And they're like, the car dealership guy? I was like, no, no, no. It's somebody completely different. So (laughs) that's funny. So let's kind of just jump right into things here. And um Who were some of your earlier influences in your music? I have a very uh, eclectic style, uh, Uh and I've pulled from pretty much every genre there is. Um, So early, early, like when I first started taking guitar lessons, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Johnny Lang. He's a blues blues artist, but he was a a teenager. Um, Uh And back then, Disney Channel was actually pushing a lot of musicians and stuff. But he was, I don't know, he was probably 15 or 16, had long hair, played guitar, sang the blues. Uh, a matter of fact, he was even in uh, the movie Blues Brothers 2000. 
Oh, okay. Um, so he was he was a huge influence. Um, but then you know all the nineties all alternative rock stuff like like Matchbox Twenty, yeah, uh, Bush. Yeah. Uh, but then we had the nineties country music phase. I am from South Alabama, so right. Um, a lot of a lot of my styles were were all based out of the nineties music um but like my first concert i went to go see was the who i was 11 years old and i saw the who oh cool so i'm i'm all over the map and i kind of just pull you know inspiration from from wherever i feel it and whatever direction uh, i'm feeling that that day or that moment you can definitely hear it in your music you uh i I can hear different influences as you're going you know there's a some there's some rock feel to it, you know, and you have that, that kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a kind of a gravelly voice for it, you know, and it, I love the way that your stuff sounds, you know, it's uh, very unique. Well, that's kind of what we were, uh, we were going for. I mean, like I said, I am from South Alabama, so country did feel a little more authentic mm-hmm. uh, for me, but I was, I did rock music for, you know, probably 15 years of my career. So, Okay. Uh, you know, country was more authentic, but the rock vocals were kind of uh, my wheelhouse. So right, right, yeah. Uh, so I I was kind of reading up on you a little bit, and I saw you actually performed at your first venue when you were only fourteen years old. Yes, sir. So I'm from a really small town, uh-huh. um, and me and a bunch of my buddies in in school put together a band, and we were playing little little shows that like like the high school would let us set up in the gymnasium and play after like a beauty pageant or I got you. there were some teen clubs and we'd play those but the the very the our hometown bar uh my parents knew the owners and they talked they talked them into letting me and my buddies come in to watch the band that was playing that weekend and uh lo and behold my mom's friends bought them around to <laughs> let us get up and, and play a few songs and uh, we did well enough where the bar actually started booking us. And we were 15 or 16 playing shows in our local bar. Wow. I'm, I mean, that's impressive that you were able to get in there at such a young age, you know. But uh, music, even for me, you know, it's something that it's in your blood and it's something that you have to do. So I know at even a young age like you were there, this probably felt like something that you just you had to do, right? I've always, uh, well, I say I, my parents have always said that I was an entertainer from the time I was like three or four. I was always the kid that was running around like, look at me, watch this. I can do this. And then the older I got, the more my parents were like, we're having a house party and Hey Frank, come here and do this and do that. So it's kind of just, uh, built from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you write a lot of your own music and stuff. So what is your process? I I like to ask this question because I always get a different answer from every single person that I've had on here. What is your process whenever you're uh, writing a song? It depends on the song. I kind of, honestly, I kind of let the song uh, take shape. Mm -hmm. Um, It, um, if I'm having a co-writing session with somebody, then sometimes it's a actual thought out, like, okay, I had this hook and we write around that thought process. Right. Um, but sometimes, 
sometimes the best songs are the ones that you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't even realize what you're writing. And five minutes later, you have a whole song written. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely the ones that come from the heart, you know, uh, I was raised around a lot of music. My, my parents, uh, they play music. I, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. So, uh, yeah, I was raised playing the drums and the guitar and the bass guitar and things like that. And my mom wrote music growing up. So, you know, um, I, I always heard, you know, when you write a song, when it comes from the heart, you know, it kind of just flows out. That's always been my my best songs. As a matter of fact, it was really hard for me to learn how to write like more fun songs. Because yeah. every song that I would sit down, it was always like a love song or a breakup song or or mm -hmm. something. You know, it was easier for me to write from an emotional standpoint than it was from a, you know, party banger drinking summertime, <laughs> like like Roland. You know, like, right, like yeah. Roland. Roland, our latest single is it's a party song. It, yeah. And, and um, those tend to be a little bit more difficult for me to write. Yeah. Well, I mean. To that point, though, you mean, I mean, I love that song. Roland, uh, I was listening to it right before uh, you came on here tonight. And it's a fun song. It's very catchy. And uh, so uh, what was the the thought and behind creating that song? My So this, this newest album um, that we're getting ready to release, me and the drummer and the guitar player, Ben Bird and Wesley Brown, have been co-writing pretty much everything. And then mm -hmm. a few of the songs, we brought in some outside co-writers. But um, actually, Ben, our drummer, um, mm -hmm. came to us and said that he had these lines and he'd pretty much already written the, the chorus. Uh, and then we sat down and we, you know, we had a kind of like a band meeting about what direction we were going to go with it and the fact that it was a summertime it, we wrote it right before summer and you know there there hasn't been any really really good fun summertime bangers released lately you know i mean yeah, a few sure. years ago you had you know jason aldean and luke bryan and even brantley gilbert all these guys they were releasing all these songs dirks bentley that were fun and and uh you know kind of party based right so we were, we were kind of trying to throw back to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, what? Well, one that comes to mind, uh, probably the one that I play the most uh, was uh, uh, Good Time. Um, I think, is it is that Parmalee? Who does that one? I can't. I can't think off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm getting but to I've been on the I've been on the motorcycle all day. I, I had a day off and just uh, tore off and got caught in a rainstorm. And so. Oh, okay, wow. It's kind of all over the place right now. Oh, so uh, you're out uh, doing a ride. How far are you going? Uh, round trip. I think this one will be probably closer to six hours. Okay. Right on. Right on. And it was Nico Moon is who I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. I know what, what song you're talking about. Yeah, that was such a great, you know, summertime song like you were talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was his first hit. I mean, I think that's what kind of catapulted his career. Yeah, yeah. So you had a, uh, a debut album that came out in 2021 with six different songs on there. And, you know, I've got to listen to quite a few of them. And uh, the name of the album is uh, Country Chrome. Uh, kind of talk about that and uh, the influences behind that album. So that was my kind of, I guess, debut EP as a country artist. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I had, like I said previous, I had been in rock bands for, for most of my career. Um, and I don't know, like I said, country music just felt a little bit more authentic to me. Uh, and also that's kind of the way the industry down here in South Alabama and, and Georgia and stuff, a lot of the rock venues were closing and rebranding as country. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, Brantley Gilbert, Jason Aldean, uh, all those guys, they were coming out with stuff that to me didn't sound like country. It sounded like nineties alt rock with country lyrics. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really know what direction I was going to go with country music. I just knew that I was going to do country music. Uh, right. so country Chrome, if you listen to it, every single song on the album has a different style of country, yes. which is another reason why I'm so um, excited about this new EP that we're getting ready to release is because it has kind of a cohesive sound. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, you know, I think we, we found our direction um, as a, as a band as, as what we want our brand, our sound to be country Chrome. We just, uh, I went to Nashville and I co-wrote with a lot of amazing, talented people. Uh, but each song had a different sound, a different vibe. And I was hoping that it would kind of give me a direction. Um, and it really didn't because it depended on who you talk to. Like these 20 people would like this song. These 20 people would like this song. And it was just a, so it didn't really give me any direction, but it gave me a lot of, um, I learned a lot mm -hmm. recording that, that album. That was my first, you know, big Nashville experience. So. So how did you actually get to, uh, so you've been doing music for a very long time and I know you said you started out in uh, rock what got you to the point of actually saying you know what I'm going to go to Nashville and I'm going to record a country album uh, like I said part of it was the industry changing but I think a part of it was you know my my life changing me getting older mm -hmm. um, you, you know just trying to be more authentic to myself um, just over time you know I just kind of I realized that that was more of the direction that, that worked was more suitable for, for me, for who right. I am. Right. Now, if you come to one of our shows, you may still see us throw down some rock. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. But uh, as far as our original, as far as the writing process and, and things, it's just that um, it just fit. It fits me better. Right. Yeah. I understand that. I actually uh, got to watch, you know, I was kind of doing some research and everything, and I found, you know, some of the video clips of uh, uh, one of the venues that you were playing at recently and stuff. And, you know, it it looks like you actually um, you're having a great time out there with these people. And I know that even through the pandemic, you got to do quite a few shows. Um, what would you say is your favorite place to perform at? Mm. I don't think I can narrow that down to, to just one place. Um it, to me, it's all about connecting with your audience and your crowd. So, right, uh, I'm uh, anytime that I have a a crowd that's that's you know thoroughly enjoying what we do, and and we get very crowd interactive, and 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 so when we have them interact back with us, um, that's to me that's what it's all about. Um, we played a show a while back, and it was a family friendly event, and 
mm-hmm. right before the show, this family walked up to me and they had three little kids with them. And they were like, can we take your picture, you know, take pictures with you? And I was like, of course. And then they said, this is the first time they've ever been to any type of concert or anything, any live music, any type of anything like that. And for the first two songs, this little girl just stood in front of the stage and she didn't dance. She didn't clap. She didn't like, but just the look on her face was just, she was mesmerized. Yeah. And I knew in that moment that that was one of those moments that's going to stick with her for probably the rest of her life. Like she'll remember that. Right. Um, so it's moments like that, that, you know, hit home for me that, that make it rewarding for, you know, make what I do rewarding. What goals have you set uh, for uh, what you want to do in the next year for your music? The next year, um, we're just like I said, we're really, really excited about pushing out this this new EP and and continuing to write. And um, we are trying to get into some new regions. Uh, we travel nationwide, but my goal, and I don't know if I can do it in the next year, but my goal is I want to I want to play in all fifty states. Oh, that's a good goal um, to have. And I think I've got like 14 right now. Well, you're you're well, well on your way then. Me and my drummer. My drummer's been with me for 10 years. Um, okay. So we, we started this deal where we, we're actually buying magnets, just little little magnets from every state we play in. So my refrigerator is, is all state magnets. <laughs> so you've opened for uh, Confederate Railroad and uh, Tyler Farr and Daryl Worley. Um, uh, yeah, we've, how- uh, Thompson square Cadillac three Tyler rich. Um, we're about to play with Confederate railroad again, actually in November. Um, and then, and, you know, we've gotten to be support bands, not necessarily open up for, but be on the same ticket and play the same venue the same day and, and be uh-huh. around quite a, quite a few national acts here lately. I mean, we just came back from Sturges and it was Creed Fisher and then them dirty roses and, um, you know, a bunch of other national acts. Yeah. Did you ride your bike down there? No, unfortunately I had to pull the trailer with all the band gear. Oh man. I figured you'd have somebody do that. And then you get to enjoy riding there, man. <laughs> whenever you, whenever you want to drive, you're more than welcome to come drive, come drive the bus, brother. <laughs> hit the road, hit the road with us. You can be our our podcast slash driver. I might. Well, I don't know how my wife would take that, but I would love to come. Maybe do something like that. That would be kind of cool. Anytime you're ready, you let me know, man. You got a you got a free seat waiting on you. <laughs> so, what would you say are some of the uh, biggest challenges that you've come across uh, when it comes to? performing and uh creating music Mm, um for me the creating thing comes just with with time i'll i have it comes in waves for me where you know i might write three or four songs in a month and then i might not write for the next three or four months but we play between 200 and 230 shows a year oh wow so we spend most of our time on the road touring um like i said we just got back from sturges we were playing doubles and sometimes even triples every single day we were in sturges man you stay busy yes sir 
Well, I mean, that's uh, a good thing, though. You know, uh, people wanted to hear your music, and so playing those amount of shows, that's that's really awesome. Um, but that goes back to you were asking what the hardest part of, uh, you know, being out there playing. It, and honestly, it's just logistics, keeping the schedule going. Right. You know, tr- trying to do your routing where it, it makes sense. Um, and, you know, I mean, it is a business, so – you know, there is a financial side of things that you have to keep in mind um, yeah. or else we would just play all day, every day. You know, if you, <laughs> if, uh, you know, if we became millionaires, and we didn't have to worry about paying the bills. Then you, it didn't matter where you played. You can play wherever you wanted to for free. Well, I, I remember hearing uh, stories uh, about, I think it was uh, George Jones, you know, uh, they did call him no show Jones, but there were times where he would just show up at a random bar uh, just to play. Yeah, that happens. Um, that happens down. I, I live about an hour and a half from Panama City Beach, and then there's like Destin and Fort Walton, and yeah, and uh, then a whole panhandle of Florida area. And that happens a lot down here, like Florabama and and Tootsie's in Panama City and stuff, where you know these these country stars will just be down at the beach for the weekend or a week with their family, and they'll just pop in and show up and jump on stage. That's got to be really cool. I, that's got to be a real treat too. Uh, and that area, uh, I've I've been to Panama City Beach a few times, and beautiful. I love going down there. Yeah, yeah, I love love this area. Um, that's actually our main our main stomping ground right now. When we're not on a major tour, is uh-huh. is the Panhandle. We'll play a few venues in in Alabama, a few bit venues in Georgia. We get over to like Louisiana and Mississippi, but. Um, Say like Orange Beach, Alabama, over to like Appalachicola, just okay. that whole run. Um, you know that that's during summer down here. I mean, that's that's where you want to be anyway. Right. Well, I I know that you've told me about um, you like to ride motorcycles and things. Do you have any other hobbies? We work so much, we tour so much that I don't really have much time um i try to get in the gym as much as i possibly can yeah um i have a 13 year old son so i spend as much time possible with him uh anytime i'm not on the road and um i mean i've always been interested in every sport and everything but uh right now it's summer so it's hot so i grew up water skiing and and things of that nature so i try to get the boat out when i can yeah, I, it's definitely uh, fun to be able to get out there on the boat and things like that. But you know, we got football season coming up really soon, and so I'm I'm pretty excited about football coming up. I just had a conversation with somebody a couple hours ago about how I've been a horrible football fan lately, but it's just because we're playing all the time. It's hard to right, yeah, it's hard to keep up. You know, I, I probably will watch maybe two or three games a a year now, and one of them's the Alabama Auburn game. That's an important one for you to watch. Roll Tide. <laughs> I I'm a I'm an Arkansas fan. You know I'm a I'm a I'm a hog fan. So you know we 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 have our our issues, but we'll you know we'll we'll be all right here. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, um, this is really off subject, but um, today we're talking about football a little bit. I was um looking online and OU has a uh, so, uh, red shirt sophomore quarterback that they have coming in. 
and I had to look it up to make sure that it wasn't a joke. His name is actual. This is actually his name, and it's General Booty. <laughs> Poor kid. I know. I I can't tell if uh, was it a joke from his dad or what happened for him to get that name. That's almost as bad as a boy named Sue. I know. <laughs> I do love me some Johnny Cash, though. Well, you got to. Yeah. You can't say that you like country music or even rock music without saying that you like guys like Johnny Cash and Elvis because that's that's the guys that started it. Right. Right. Yeah. I uh, well, I grew up kind of in the Memphis area and stuff, and so you know, I I, I grew up with a lot of the Elvis influence. And, uh, you know, I, I, my parents are from an older generation, so I grew up around sixties country and, uh, you know, the older stuff. And so I love listening to some of the, um, older music. I just found the other day. In fact, I went to a, uh, uh, it was Goodwill and they had this little thing full of like records. And I found an old Carl Smith album from 1937 and I was actually able to get it on my record player still works. I, I was so excited to find that. That's an amazing find. That's awesome. Yeah. I love stuff like that. And uh, I'm right there with you. I'm a huge Elvis fan. Elvis had a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, at one point in time, I think I even owned a, a white jumpsuit with a red scarf. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever perform with it on stage? Uh, do I have to answer that? <laughs> no. we, we can leave it at that, man. <laughs> we even pull, we even pull some Elvis from, from time to time at our shows now. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be great to hear. I'd love to hear that. What would you say is your most favorite song that you've ever written? Uh, it isn't released yet. It's actually going to be our brand new single, uh, coming out September 22nd. Okay. But, uh, me and uh, one of my former bass players, he's been a co-writer. He was a co-writer on Midnight Makes Me Crazy. Also, his name's Dennis Powell. But uh, mm-hmm. me and him got together and we wrote this song called Cold, Dark, and Lonely. Um, and it's our producer was really excited about it, said that we needed to release it because he feels like it's like the new generation turn the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a song about being on the road. It's a and then and it came from a from a real place. I mean, I was I'd been on the road for a while. I was driving. All the guys in the truck were asleep, so yeah. it was just quiet and dark. And um, so I started texting Dennis some some lines, and then he texted me some back and forth. And then we, we kind of sat on it for a little while. And I think I went on a tour and and came back you know, five or six weeks later. And Dennis was like, Hey, come over to the house. I want, I want you to see, see something. And he had, uh, he had been playing with, with what we had started. And then, you know, I took it back with me to Ben and Wes and, and we, you know, put some more spin on it. And, and, uh, so that, that song is, it's coming out September 22nd. Um, but to date, that one's probably my favorite that I've written. Right on. Well, I mean, Man, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, and when did you say that that single will be coming out again? September 22nd. September 22nd. I will definitely be looking for that because uh, it sounds like something I would really like to hear. So do you have a uh, a person that you would just love to go on tour with? Like I had um, 
another guy on and he wanted to tour with Springsteen. Do you have one that you've always wanted to do a tour with? I don't know about always, uh, but my personal favorite right now is, is Cody Jinx. Okay. Um, and Love we him. just we just played Sturges, Sturges Bike Rally, and then the next the week after uh, Sturges Rally, we were in Deadwood, uh, South Dakota. But it, it killed me because the week before we went up there, uh-huh. Cody Jinx was in concert, oh. and actually was like just walking around town, like hanging out with people. But jumped up on stage and and helped uh, sound check a couple of bands, you know, that I've met from being up there in the past, and uh, you know some bartenders that I've I'm friends with now, you know got to meet him and hang out with him and stuff and i was like i was you know, that's story of story of my life i'm always a, a day late and a dollar short <laughs> man i i feel that he is one uh cody jinx is probably one of my favorite uh when it comes to uh independent country music um i think i've actually even put something out on twitter saying how i i would love to get him on this show because i, I his music I don't think I found a single song of his that I don't like. No. And uh, like you said, he's independent. He's homegrown. So, right. Yeah. He's uh, he, it's so real, you know, and it, I hear that a lot when it comes to what you're doing here, you know, you you can hear that influence and that style uh, come through on what you're doing. Well, that means a lot. And I think if you listen to cold, dark and lonely, when it comes out, it'll, if you remember this conversation, you'll be like, Oh, wow. Uh, I think it's got that real Texas country vibe to right. it. What would you say is probably your favorite interaction that you have ever had uh, with a fan? With a fan? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've been doing it for so long. There's been a lot of, you know, like I said, that little girl, you know, just being mesmerized. Um, yeah. Not too long ago, somebody came up and requested a song. And, and I didn't even realize that we knew it as a band, but we were able to pull it off. And while we were playing, uh, he came up with his mother, his elderly mother, and, and they were dancing on the dance floor. And he was just bawling. He was just bawling his eyes out. And uh, apparently um, his father uh, had just passed away a few weeks prior. And that was the song that he would sing to his his mom. Oh, um, wow. And uh, so it's it's just moments like that that you, you know, I'm just standing on the stage singing songs, you know, and I, I'm, I'm trying. I, I put out a lot of energy and a lot of emotion and I try to connect with with my crowd. Right. Um, but to see that type of emotion hit, to see that connection and and a lot of times people will reach out to me, you know, via social media and and I I stay in contact with them. So like that guy I'm talking about, that was, I don't know, five or six months ago. And we just talked about a month ago on, on social media. And I mean, it was small talk, but just the fact that we've stayed in touch over a moment like that, it just, it means the world to me. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. To be able to uh, connect with your, with your audience like that. I mean, that means the world, not only to, to you, but to them as well. I'm still at a point right now where I'm realizing that I have people that will drive, you know, three and four hours to get to our shows sometimes or, uh, or they plan trips. Like we're in Deadwood, uh, South Dakota now, uh-huh. uh, for we've, we've played St. Patrick's day for a couple of, couple of years in a row. And after they saw us the first time, they're like, we planned 
to be here at this time of year just because y'all were going to be here. Um, and it's, it's completely mind blowing to me. Like, uh, it humbles me. That's not even, I don't even know if humbles me is, is the right word to, uh, explain how how it makes me feel, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful and appreciative that people are willing to, to support us and follow us like that. Right. So do you have any advice for somebody who's maybe just starting out? Get thick skin, get really determined. Don't quit and spend as much time on stage as you possibly can. It's like anything else. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. And don't take yourself too serious. Um, I actually, when I started out, had the worst case of stage fright. You would, I mean, I tried to hide behind the microphone stand. And uh, if you ever come to one of our shows, um, I really focus on being a good front man. So I'm standing on tables and chairs and climbing up on things and bringing people up on stage. You would never would have guessed that I had stage fright. Um, but it took me watching videos of people I idolized. Matter of fact, I tell you what, you were talking about Elvis, right? Uh-huh. 1968 comeback special when he's in the all black leather. Uh-huh. He's sitting on stage and they're playing a song and he's he's strumming along and he, he forgot the words to the song. And they they just kept playing and he started talking to the crowd while he forgot the words. And he was, you know, you you know the words you want to sing, you want to sing, you know, you know the words. And he just kept goofing off. And then, you know, back then a lot of the songs were in the same key. Right. And so they just rolled into another song without stopping. But he didn't take himself serious. He laughed it off. He laughed with the crowd. He brought the crowd into it. Um, so it was watching moments like that that made me realize, hey, it's not it's not professionals never mess up. It's it's how you how you play it off and how you're you know, how you interact yeah. from that point. Right. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of people in the beginning, you know, they take themselves super, super serious and they want to be perfect. And of course you want to sound good and you want things to be as, as perfect as, you know, as perfect as you can. Right. Well, with being a musician, you know, it's, that's one thing that we, we kind of kill ourselves on that, you know, is trying to be perfect because we have something in our head that is perfect in our in our minds you know and then when we're trying to put it on paper or we're trying to put it onto a guitar if we can't get it to sound just like that we can be very critical of ourselves yeah but and this is something that i've i've fought with too is you know some of the biggest hits some of the biggest hits were the songs that the artists themselves hated and a producer made them put out or a management company made them put out and they hated it and it became the biggest hit you know so right um Sometimes that little bit of imperfection or, or something that you don't like is what draws people in. That's true. Uh, you know, there's been times even doing, doing this podcast where I'm like, man, I, I don't know about this one. And then that would be the one that I get the most feedback about people saying, Hey, this is, this is great. This is one of your best ones. I'm like, really? You know? So, I mean, it goes that way. A lot of times we're, I, we're, way more critical on ourselves as a creative person than probably what we should be. I agree. I agree. Cause uh, there's times in the studio where 
I'll do something, trying something different vocally. And everybody in the room is like, I love that. And I'm like, really? I hated that. Like, that was <laughs> awful. Like, I don't even want to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I leave and the producer does his thing and then it's on the song. And I'm like, dang, dang. <laughs> Every time I hear this song, now I got to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I learned something the other day. Uh, th- it's not exactly the same, but um, one of the um, Aerosmith songs, uh, mm-hmm. the the rattle at the beginning of the song actually breaks and they left it in. And I've listened to that song so many times and never realized it until, you know, uh, Steven Tyler pointed it out. He's like, yeah, listen right there. You hear it break and they left it in, but it goes perfectly with the song. I, I've heard that interview too. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen Aerosmith in concert, I think three times. Oh, cool. Yeah. Aerosmith was another big one for me. So sounds like we have a lot of the same taste in music, man. My music tastes range very far. Um, I, I, I can go from listening to Elvis to Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> I can go any end of the spectrum you want to i probably know at least a little bit about it talk about a voice yeah that's that's another voice that uh the world probably will never have anything like yeah i I agree um the the three tenors and everything that luciano Pavarotti was able to do um the the world lost a great thing whenever he passed yeah so yeah well when when we play down here in the beach area and stuff like that that's kind of what we've uh that's what people are are coming to our shows now and and say they like the most is um we kind of we tend to throw the set list out the window when we're playing some of these you know kind of bar gigs yeah and we'll play waylon jennings one minute and then we'll play godsmack or you know rage against (laughs) machine we'll play elvis we'll play britney spears we'll play afro man we'll play genuine like we're just all over the all over the place. You are all over the place. Wow. Britney Spears and Genuine. I didn't not expect you to say that one. So <laughs> that's great. Um I'm from that generation where, you know, music was kind of all over the place. You know, I grew up in the the nineties and early two thousands and stuff like that. So I, I'll go and my just to make my crit my kids cringe i'll go and listen to some in sync or backstreet boys and then you know i'm able to throw it over and have them listen to some lincoln park with me you know so i I love it music is my my escape it's the thing that whether i want somebody to scream for me or if i'm just having a day where i just need to relax (laughs) music is that thing that can get me through the day i couldn't live without it I'm I'm right there with you, and a lot of these podcast interviews, people ask me what my favorite type of music or or what I listen to, or you know, and I can't answer them because it's it's so mood based with me, you know. Right. Like uh, I, if I'm going to the gym and I want to get you know start lifting heavy, and uh, you know I'm I'm listening to you know old school Limp Biscuit or or Godsmack or something like that. Uh, yeah. If I'm um, if I'm on the boat, heck, I might be listening to the Beach Boys or Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So yesterday, um, I, I've started doing this new thing. Um, I'm working with a local wrestling company uh, called Diamond State Wrestling, and um, I do a pre-show for them 
um, kind of hyping up the matches, all that stuff. And uh, this was the first actual live show that I did. And then I knew that they were going to have me doing backstage interviews and all these different things. So to get myself hyped up, straight metal the whole way to the show. And when I pulled up, everybody like turned around and looked at me. I guess I had it playing way too loud. <laughs> you can't. I mean, if you're listening to metal, it can't be too loud. This is true. This is very true. Do you have a favorite um, metal um, group that you is your go to whenever you want to listen to metal? No, um, I'm still all about the groove. Um, gotcha. So as long as you can, you know, as long as your neck can can move along with the beat, yeah. In any genre, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it hits. Um, so I, I mean, some blast beats are cool, but you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, blast beats for four minute long. Uh, it's, that's still a little much on on my end. But yeah, we actually uh, we cracked up at ourselves. Oh, this has been a few years ago, but we drove two and a half, three hours to a show listening to Slipknot the whole entire way. And then got got out and it was a honky tonk and we played like real country (laughs) music for four hours. Oh, that's great. And then we drove back in silence the whole way. Like usually after the show. Yeah. Radio's off and I don't care if it's a four hour drive. Like we're we're just just decompressed silence for the for the drive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that, you know. It's you got to come down off of that adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, well, that and our, your ears, you know, you go, Oh, you go, uh, yeah. You know, you, you're half deaf by the end of the show. <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to listen to anything. You'd be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of coming up on a close here and everything, but I've got a few more questions for you before I get you off of here. What are some things that you have coming up that maybe you want to talk about? Mm, the biggest thing is that that release uh, of Cold, Dark, and Lonely, September twenty second. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do have a new EP, so uh, I think we are going to hold off on releasing the EP, and we're just going to go song by song. Okay. Uh, so I don't know the exact time gap, but I think about every eight weeks or so, we're going to start trying to release a new song. So. Like I said, I'm super excited about all these all this new material. Um, we'll be opening for Confederate Railroad in November um, at the Crossroads uh, Bike Rally in Alabama. Um, other than that, I mean, we're just uh, I know we just uh, we just signed up. We're playing South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, uh, March of 2024. Um, other than that, I mean, we're just we're just grinding. We're out there grinding and uh, we're always excited and looking forward to playing new territories, new states, new venues, meeting new people. Just excited to be out chasing the dream and, and making a living doing this as a, as a living. Yeah. So if people want to follow you online to make sure they know where you're going to be at or if they want to interact with you, how can they do that? Anything online is Frank Fletcher music. But once again, you have to put the music in afterwards because if you just put in Frank Fletcher, you'll get car lots from Arkansas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts, anything that maybe you want to say before I get you off of here? Uh, just my birthday is actually September 22nd. So if anybody is listening 
and they want to give me a birthday present, follow us online at Frank Fletcher Music. And when the pre-save comes out for Cold, Dark, and Lonely, which should be coming out pretty soon, uh, go ahead and pre-save the song. It comes out September 22nd. So that would be a wonderful early birthday present for me. Awesome. I'll make sure and do that. Well, man, you have a safe trip. I know you're uh, out riding on your bike and everything like that. So you have a safe trip, and I look forward to hearing your music. And uh, if I don't hear from you by then, happy early birthday, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. All right. You have a good night. You too. All right. And as a special treat, we're going to get to hear his latest single called Rollin'.
Hey, listeners. Pardon for the interruption, but I'm Billy, and I'm always joined by my co-host Jim, the Vulcan Skull of the Zeo to Hero podcast, where every week is always going to be a different surprise. You got to tune in to find out what we talk about. It could be anything from 90s nostalgia, Power Rangers, anime, giant fighting robots, or landing on the moon. Who, uh, who knows? So, definitely check us out on any of the podcast places where you find yours. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. Hey there, podcast listener. You enjoying what you're listening to? Well then, do I got a special treat for you. Storytime with CosplayDude637. That's me. I'm your host. And I like to tell you stories. Stories that I personally enjoy. So, buckle up, get comfortable, because we're going on a wild ride. Alright everybody, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Frank Fletcher as well as the song Rollin' that we got to hear at the end there. He was a great guest to have on and I look forward to seeing what happens next with him in his musical journey. So next week, I've already confirmed it with the guy, I'm going to have on Oklahoma's very own Mr. Nasty. He is a wrestler that... um, I'm really excited to have on. You've heard my kids talk about him. You've heard me talk about him. And I'm just really excited to have him on next week. So make sure that you tune in to hear that episode with him. So I'd like to give a shout out to my podcast networks, the OIW Podcast Network, the Avenue Podcast Network, and the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. I am very excited to be a part of each and every one of these. They all bring unique things to the table. OIW, you have a lot of your wrestling podcasts and things like that. They've got some more Canadian influences. I believe that I am the only podcast on that network that is actually based in the United States. But I am very happy to be a part of OIW. So if you're looking for podcasts about wrestling or drunk guys talking about crazy things, you can go on the OIW and find those. On the Avenue Podcast Network, you can find things like travel podcasts and quirky um, story podcasts. And you can find pretty much anything on there as well. They are an eclectic group of different types of podcasts that you can find. And I also want to thank Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. I've had the creators of the podcast, Zeo to Hero, on my show, Billy and Jim. And I've been introduced to all kinds of great guys being a part of the podcast network. They've got shows with um, unique stories if you want to hear that. Or if you want to listen to people talk about um, toys, McFarlane toys, or uh, Super 7, or or Lightning Collection series with uh, the Power Rangers. Any of those things, you can find them on the Zeo to Hero podcast network. You can also find my podcast on each and every one of these. I will have a link to these three in my show notes. So I do have merch out. I have shirts. Uh, 
And if you would like to represent, if you give a data podcast, just reach out to me and I can get one in whatever size that you need. Um, I also have coffee mugs and I have stickers as well. Um, I hope to get a few of those out soon. I will be mailing out some shirts here really soon to people. And so maybe you'll start seeing those on social media. Um, My wife actually makes all of this stuff for me. She makes all of my merch. So go out there, follow her. I will have a link to her stuff in my show notes. She makes amazing stuff. She makes hats, tumblers, coffee mugs, keychains, t-shirts, stickers. You see me post the sticker of the day. She creates all of this. So make sure that you go out there and follow her. Give her some love. She makes quality stuff for great prices. And I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. There are actual testimonials of people saying this very same thing. I would like to also give a shout out to Decure for creating my ending theme song for me. Um, He's an awesome guy. I am so thankful that he was able to do this ending theme song for me. And if you like what you hear when you hear his music at the end, go and give him some love. You can find him on Spotify and all kinds of places, but I will have his website in my show notes. I also want to give a thank you to Original Geek Comics for allowing me to be part of the Paladin comic book uh, and having my advertisement in there. As you saw in the last week, I posted that I got my comic book in the mail and they gave me all kinds of cool merch to go with it. I've got a poster up on the wall now that has to do with Paladin and all kinds of cool stickers and all kinds of great stuff. I am very excited to have been a part of this. I am very honored that they were kind enough to give me this spot to be a part of the original geek comics paladin issue one um i'm already talking with nick about bringing him back on so you might be seeing him back on somewhere towards the first of the year so be on the lookout for that so you hear me talking about social media and things like that and if you guys want to follow me on social media you can do so by going to facebook or instagram or threads or um twitter Snapchat, or TikTok. I'm on all of those, and just look up If You Give a Data Podcast. You can also look me up on Google. You will find me all over the place. Just type in If You Give a Data Podcast, and I should be the first 10 to 15 results on Google. I will also have all of this in my link tree, which I will have tied to my show notes as well. If you guys want to send me an email, you can do so by sending it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. You know I love interacting with each and every one of you, so send me a line. Tell me what you think of the show. If there's somebody you want me to bring on, let me know. As you're listening to this, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this show. Uh, Hit that notification bell. That way you are notified when a new episode of iGadat comes out. Also, rate and review this show. The more people that do that, the more likely I am to be discovered by somebody else. Give me a five-star review and tell people how much you love listening to If You Give a Data podcast. Also want to talk about Diamond State Wrestling. We just did our show um, in the last few weeks. It was a lot of fun. I was on my feet pretty much the whole time. They had me doing interviews backstage, and I loved every minute of it. I also got to do my first live show. Uh, We did a live stream, me and my co-host, Jamie Rose. Um, The Rare Cut, you hear me talk about it. I've got social media for that as well. It's on my link tree. Just go and look it up as well. So 
We've made it to another end of a wonderful episode of If You Give a Data Podcast, and it's time for everybody's favorite part of the episode, and that is Dad Joke of the Week. (laughs) What has more lives than a cat? A frog, because he croaks every day. (laughs) All right, y'all. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, the world blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. Closely download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see and listen closely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.